Welcome to Pebble in the Pond, a podcast that hopes to create a ripple of change for mental health. My name is Sam Stewart and I'm the CEO of the Australian and New Zealand Mental Health Association. Each year I have the pleasure of attending events to meet and connect with the most fascinating and accomplished people in mental health. Listen in as I go one-on-one with the people changing the face of mental health in Australia and New Zealand, from lived experience speakers through to researchers, academics and influential industry leaders. Our Pebble in the Pond podcast episodes may contain themes or topics of discussion that may be triggering to some listeners. If you feel you need assistance with your mental health at any time, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or visit the Get Help page for additional resources at anzmh.asn.au. Hello listeners and welcome to another week of Pebble in the Pond podcast. I hope you had the chance over the weekend to enjoy some downtime and are getting ready for the short week ahead. This week's podcast is with a gentleman by the name of Brendan Marty. Brendan is the project manager that is leading the Mentally Healthy City project for Tropical Brain and Mind Foundation. In a bid to become Australia's most mentally healthy city, Townsville has embarked on the Mentally Healthy City project aiming to help citizens flourish and thrive as a community. Brendan's passion for community, technology and family history, mental health awareness and support is the driving force behind his pursuit of this role. Tune in as I speak to Brendan about the Mentally Healthy City project, the elements of a mentally healthy city and how they are in the process of trying to transform Townsville into building awareness and reducing stigma associated with mental health. All right, welcome, Brendan Marty. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast, uh, and thanks for spending your time with me today. No worries, Sam. Hey, do you just want to give us a bit of a background on how you came in to the position you're in right now? But what, what was your journey towards being in the mental health sector? So I don't have a mental health background whatsoever. Um, I come from a family of psychologists and people who help out in the community generally. So I actually started studying psychology didn't find it was for me, so I pulled out. Um, How far into it did you get? I got about two and a half years in. Okay. And I think my, my biggest bugbear at the time was when it was, uh, when I went into advanced counselling, I was actually starting to learn about the barriers with legal implications of providing advice. So I got I thought, scared you a bit. <laughs> I thought I'm pretty opinionated, so there might be a big risk there. <laughs> so um, I pulled out of that, worked just in hospitality for a couple of years. I had a 10-year history in Osbo, so... And that's here in Townsville? Yeah, here in Townsville. And then I moved to Brisbane and studied a gaming and interactive media degree. So wow. Designing video games. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. From psychology to gaming. Yeah. Um, and look, from there, you know, once I finished that, I've moved more into the management space. I'm not real good at coding, so... Um, but managing a team of game developers is quite a struggle in itself. So um, I actually didn't get into any of the studios there because the GFC hit and they pulled out of Australia and they all went back to the States or to Asian areas more prominently. So I got a job in the Australian Public Service down in Canberra, so I migrated further south. So that's about what, 2009, 2000? Yeah, so I moved down there in 2013, 2014. Okay, down in Canberra. Down in Canberra. Yep. So I did a couple of years at Department of Social Services, then on to Department of Agriculture, um, and then started working consulting with Deloitte, 
and then Oakden Consulting. So. so what was your role in, sorry, in the, in the Department of Social Services? So I worked in their data warehouse. Okay. So I ran IT projects from basically managing the welfare data and how their systems can connect with Department of Human Services for the payments and how they okay. can measure and track that sort of thing. So, so linking all that together for the yeah. system to make the process. Yeah, so it's a bit more seamless for welfare and um, okay. anybody on support payments, yeah. Yeah, so from that role then, mm. you went to Deloitte to do some consulting? No, I went to agriculture. Agriculture. Um, and I was on a pro another IT project for biosecurity. So they were actually wow. uh, fruit fly migration monitoring up here in North Queensland, uh, based in Canberra, but working for my home region, which was quite nice. Yeah. Knew the ins and outs of who to talk to up here and get yeah. things moving. So. That was there for about a year and then went to Deloitte. So Deloitte obviously were contracted in the department for other work. A uh, little bit of a poach came out of that. So um, I took the took the leap and went right, right up, let's get into some consulting. So, so you were with Deloitte doing, what was it more data? It was risk. Was it? So it was okay. a project risk assessment. So um, I was seconded down to Melbourne actually to work for BHP and they were doing a organisational change project. I don't like to call it restructure, but it was essentially okay. a restructure. So it's a nicer word. It's a nicer word, yeah. Structure. Was it organisational? Organisational change. change. And yeah, then I think right. depending on who you spoke to, they said it was either a rework, rework or a refresh or, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just that the language was varied. Um, so I did their risk on how it would affect people in the organisation. And that's kind of where my journey back into where this role is. Yeah. Um, it kind of started there and I look back on it. So I was always very people focused in any role that I had. So that was about their their psychological uh, That was approach. included. Yeah. Okay. Um, so BHP were actually, they had all the, the control systems in place to actually look after their staff, which I thought was absolutely fabulous. Like that, it made my job a lot easier. I knew there were support programs in place. Um, so whilst dealing with the change and the timings of new new teams being formed and old teams closing down, there were always touch points on actually, let's look at the well-being and welfare of our staff. And not only the staff, but how is it going to impact their families as well? Because obviously BHP, a lot of remote yeah. work happens. So. And do they have good support in place as well for their like for the families and not? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So there's always considerations on how it would impact them both financially yep. and geographically. Uh, they're always very mindful of that and didn't, and even though, you know, it is a corporate restructure, yeah. no matter how you go about it, somebody's going to be impacted. Yeah. Um, they definitely had everything there to catch any of those who might slip through. So mine was really around the project itself. Um, there were teams internally to do that. And I'd obviously refer to that to be a PTA, to be able to do that. It, it was a nice change. So how long was that contract with Deloitte? So I I lasted with Deloitte for six months because then I was actually approached by a more boutique consultancy. Okay. Um, they were more in the realms of digital and, and progression. Yep. So I really jumped over to those pretty quickly. And was that based in Melbourne as well? So there was an office in Melbourne. I did do some work down in Melbourne for Oakden, um, primarily Canberra work though. So. And was that around psychology as well? Was there anything to do with mental health? Um, interestingly enough, it was more around the design of our technologies and how people interact with them. You know, the amount of screen time was also considered 
And as you start looking into the design of user interaction, you start to pick up on the fact that you want the technology or software or whatever it is that you're making to be an extension of oneself, not a tool I have to force myself to get used to. Mm. It's not like putting on a new pair of leather shoes and trying to wear them in, eventually you don't get used to it. It's bad software, it's bad software. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think yeah, advising different projects on how to include their staff in that design process was probably something I pushed through a lot. Well, and then how did you get involved to where you are now? How did to that current work? day. Yeah. Um, so I moved my partner, Jess, she's finishing her Bachelor of Psychology up here at JCU. So oh, um, I met her in Canberra and we said, you know, social sciences up here is really high on the, on the priority list. So she asked if we wanted to move back up here. I said, why not? I haven't lived up here for, I would have been at least 10 to 12 years by that point. So I said, why not? <laughs> I know what it's like up there. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's a lot more relaxed, a bit warmer. So yeah, I made the jump July last year. Yeah, mm. and so, and then what, was the role already there for you? Or? That's right. So the role, I was look, obviously looking for work when I got back. It was a bit of a bit of a change for me. I always went through career paths, not finishing a job unless I had one to go to. Yeah. So this was a really big jump out of my comfort zone. Um, and I saw the job advertised on Seek whilst I was up here. And I thought, I can do this. Because um, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a jack of all trades kind of project management role. Um, it's not you sit behind a desk and you do all the governance structures and make sure everything's happening on time. I do do that, but then I actually have to go out and physically deliver it. So that was a, a really appealing. So, so let's talk about the mentally healthy city. Sure. Uh, this is the project you're heading up. Yep. Uh, it's the first of its kind in Australia. We are we are taking that formally. Um, okay. There are initiatives on a smaller scale, so okay. we can't say that we are the first type of community-driven mental health improvement project. Uh, we are coining the first official attempt of this scale. So, and when did this? Uh, when did the project begin? Because was it November last year. November last year. I think yeah. I remember. Yeah. Julia Gillard. Uh, Julia Gillard launched up. our project um, on behalf of Beyond Blue. They're one of our, our partners in this. So. They launched the project on the 21st November. So I was recruited September and the project launched November. Wow. And and why did they choose, what was Townsville chosen? Townsville, it was definitely the first site for this project initiative because of the nature of what it was dealing with at the time. Uh, the Tropical Brain and Mind Foundation also funds the Bishop Michael Putney Fellowship, which is a project around raising funds and awareness around um, young players in rugby league. A few years ago, there were some incidences. So they formulated that to do some research and Mentally Healthy City idea was born because they could do more. And Townsville was really keen on helping out in that area of mental health and wellbeing. So they thought, well, the reception's there. Why don't we give it a shot on a broader scale? Um, so look, being a Townsville my local myself, um, we do like to band together to help each other out. So if you've yeah. got somebody up there who's taking that risk to talk about either their own lived experience or their association with somebody with experience, everybody stops and listens and they can definitely relate. So so Townsville, would you say it was community driven to want to get this happening? Was it, is that how you've, you, you mm. think it sort of came about or? 
Yeah, I think the feedback, so with the Michael Putney Fellowship, people were going up to the people working on it. And that was a volunteer project, by the way. So they, yeah. they're all full-time jobs, families, and they did this on their own back. So yeah. they said, how can we be involved? Uh, we should do more. We should go to this, go to this. So Or what's happening now is currently what's not working. What's next, yeah, uh, and, 100%. Yeah. And when something needs to... Yeah. Something needs to happen. Is that, is that where it sort of came That's from? right. And Townsville being, has a, a, a large range of different cultures as well. Um, and obviously such a large defence base here yeah. as well for the whole country. So there was definitely a lot of different target groups that we could approach all in one location. So that's another reason why Townsville was chosen. And they saw the opportunity to align the existing services. That's right. Together yeah. to create a better outcome. Yeah. Rather than coming in and trying to supplement them, it was about looking at saying, well, all these things are mm. happening concurrently, probably mm. independent of each other, but no one's really getting everyone together and saying, well, let's take the community-wide approach and let's yeah. get everyone together. Is that is that how it sort of came about? Yeah, and that's like that's when we were planning it. So obviously when the project launched, we launched with a concept. And much to my surprise, you know, being a project manager, I'm very much on plans and routines and a little bit OCT about that area. Yeah. But we had to design from the get-go and the best way to do that was our consultation with existing services and community members so um, Townsville has a, a vast number of really effective service provider networks um, definite representation from up here down in Brisbane for statewide development but as it is with other regions there are a lot of services being done doing it well but not together yeah. So it's very much an individual approach and whether that's how they're funded and the structure of funding could be a contributor. I'm not too far down that path at this point. But yeah, it's there's definitely services here that should be networked a little more closely and complement each other instead of competing with each other essentially. Yeah, yeah so so the so the community uh, got together the the, the existing services were there, they were in place, but they weren't really cohesive. Um, and there's obviously segmented market, uh, segmented mm. target groups within Townsville that are obviously, ha that has significant challenges. That's right. Um, that it were well above the national average. Yeah, look, as of 2016, the, the statistics we used when we're talking about why Townsville, um, at that point in time, Townsville had a suicide rate two and a half times the national average. Um, and when you include the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, that rose to three times the national average. Wow. Now, for a population size of around 170,000 at the time, um, that's, that's that's huge, you know. Significant. And defence network being, you know, around 20-odd percent, either actually serving, ex-serving, or families of those serving, um, if it was only going to get worse, you know. So if something different wasn't done, we thought, Things that are there now are working to a degree and you know, intervention services and that sort of thing definitely need to continue to be built upon and improve. But what's happening at the other end of the spectrum of what are people doing to maintain their mental health and well-being? It's all well and good to have you know, great services on offer to get there when you need them, mm. but you shouldn't need them all the time. Yeah, so um, big, big focus on prevention. That's it. So we, we're obviously not a service provider. Um, we work with service providers and get their feedback. You know, they know what they're doing. We're not going to tell them what they should or shouldn't be doing. We want to draw upon their experience and their services to actually inform the rest of Townsville. This is what you have on offer. Mm. If you need help, 
this is where you can go. But in the meantime, try practicing some personal yeah. methods to improve your health and well-being. So was the concept designed and then launched and then all of a sudden we got the stakeholders together, whether it's the community as well as the existing services, to then bring them together to find then what's the solution to do what we're doing better? Or was this all done before the launch? And when he launched, it was like, here it is. So the concept of it was planned before the launch and that was different facets need to be approached in the community for this to work. And a lot of that information was based on similar models delivered in Philadelphia in the US yes. um, and also London in the UK. So they have both approached a different style of a mentally healthy city. They're not called the same thing, but it all comes together in similar fashion to what we're doing. So whilst there's a framework you can use, you really have to tailor it to your location because one size doesn't fit all, yeah. especially with mental health. So. We launched with the concept, we launched with the idea of these are the areas we had to address. This is the networks we had to target to actually get that information in to design the actual delivery of the project. So that's what we've done now. Um, early this year, I did get my delivery plan endorsed by the board of the foundation, which was fantastic. So we call it the elements of a mentally healthy city. Yeah, so, okay, so from when uh, launched in November to around what, how long did it take you to to get the planning, like, uh, not that I've got any idea of what the expectation no, no, it's, is, but it was, it was, did it take uh, you longer than you thought? It definitely, um, it, took, it took me longer than I, I, I liked. <laughs> so, yeah. But in saying that we, you know, we are a very small team. So the foundation is totally volunteer based. Um, I am employed by the foundation through our partnered funding. Um, and the only other team member we have is our marketing officer, Catherine. So it's the two of us. Marketing's important. Very much a big <laughs> element of, of the project. Um, so there's literally two of us for this project team itself to do something that's so ambitious, I often get told after presenting, you know, that's really ambitious, right? Okay. Yeah, but you know, nothing worth doing is ever easy. Right? Mm. <laughs> so, so, so how long did it take you then? So the consulting with the community mm. and how long was that going on for? So from the launch November, obviously, then you moved into Christmas and a lot of, you know, different yeah. places take leave and that sort of thing. So a month was definitely a setback in that point. But by about May this year, we had it fully endorsed. So about five months of heavy con like consulting. Yeah. Um, I, I jumped on as many network meetings as I could from the work go. So I met a thousand people. <laughs> and I could probably only remember a few names, but yeah. all faces. And and what were some of the challenges that you faced yeah. when going through that process? Because I wouldn't imagine it was smooth. No. Um, look, probably practicing what we preach as well for maintaining my own mental health and well-being because being such a, a huge project um, and being so small in resources, it's like, well, no, you've got to take a minute to spend some time with yourself. But from a cons consultation point of view, the hardest part, I think, was the threat of being another provider on the market because obviously when you've got a new service provider who is funded by government funding they're competing with another funder as well so i did start in terms of when i was was consulting with these groups just straight away saying i'm not a service provider so you don't need to worry about us competing on you in the market um, we are here to help you get more presence in the market so 
and uh, and the community? Were there some challenges in the community? Um, yeah, a bit of skepticism <laughs> on yeah. how big the project is. Yeah. Um, and what and the timelines that they thought that, yeah, you know, it's, yeah people wanted it done tomorrow well when you have something that's new you know so like when we anytime we do get a new thing you want it you want it now you want to use it now um, so the whole concept that we're pitching around a community-led mental health project is it's something that's not being done before at this capacity so when somebody hears that they think this is fantastic could this be what's missing in my life to actually improve my life or my friend and family's life. So there's, a, there's an upside to that. People are really passionate, they're really keen to help. But yeah, it's, um, we definitely had to push back a little and say, let us get this right first. Let us make sure we're crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's, and we'll come out with something that's rock solid. And, and so May was, we're talking five months of obviously a lot of consulting. Mm. Uh, a lot of conversations, a lot of mm-hmm. meetings being sat in on. Yeah. How, I mean, at the end of that process, we were just sitting down thinking, my goodness, now <laughs> this thing's way bigger than I thought. Are you thinking? Oh, mate, yeah. Yeah. This is we're probably bitten off more than we could chew. Well, yeah. I'm a big eater. You wouldn't tell <laughs> by looking at me. But <laughs> I did, after hearing all of the, I guess, barriers, frustrations, and but also the benefits that we, we have here in Townsville, um, it was a matter of where to start. So I had all this information floating around in my head. I had all these documents written, all these meeting notes taken down. Um, and for me, I'm a very visual person. I, I don't like doing too much hard text. So when we recruited our marketing officer in February, um, Catherine definitely started coming along to these sorts of things with me. And once she was able to start designing all sorts of different infographics and branding options that we had, it all started to come together a bit more clear. Um, Catherine's done all of our design. So our logo when we rebranded after she came on board was from community consultation as well. Um, So I think once we started actually having some product packs to display what we wanted to do instead of trying to read a 50 page document, it really started to make a bit more sense and I felt better about it too, so. And so when you, um, so May is when you came up with the plan. Yeah. Uh, from the research that you've been doing mm-hmm. and then you provi- provided that to the board. Yeah. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, and then you had, was it eight elements or 11? Eight elements. Eight, eight elements yeah. that you came up with as a result of, of what you've mm. found. Yeah. Tell us about that. So. The way we've designed it is the whole ambition of the project in itself from from day one was Townsville was the first place and we wanted to make Townsville essentially a trial site, a concept site, um, try and do all these things to then take lessons and uh, review case studies that evaluate the success of what we've done to then go out to the regions and implement a similar model and then hopefully one day statewide, nationwide. Um, pie in the sky, you got to aim high. So. Yeah. But the elements themselves aren't specific to a location. So it is basically like a framework. Um, but this was done coming off the back of you know Philadelphia and London, as I mentioned earlier. So there's some key things there like brand awareness. So obviously awareness is very important. Brand marketing, brand development marketing was That's the first it. one. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we moved into like a website and community information. Yep. So Townsville has obviously, like I said, many great services. Um, but the feedback we got from the general public was 
we don't really know where to go. You know, we don't know what's out there. They know the big name players, um, but where to start? So if somebody who's experiencing some difficulties with their mental health is having to do all the research and find out what, what's required on their own in that state, it's very difficult. So. Did, did they first need to understand the symptoms of what they were experiencing to understand and say, well, hang on, mm. something's not quite right, to mm. then be able to then say, well, where do I need to go? Like, yeah. Was that the first, like the awareness and the education? Was that yeah. a big part part of it? Absolutely. So, you know, one of our, um, our partners in this, Beyond Blue, as I mentioned, you know, yeah. that, that continuum they always display, and I noticed that Alan Sparks spoke about it pretty heavily just before. Um, it's a great model. Like it's, it's really useful for somebody to look at and go, all right, I'm sitting at that point. It's not necessary to say that, you know, if you go to a service provider, you're going to you know, be locked away for months at a time. It's just a matter of assessing where you are on that point of the model. Um, so that's it's really educating what to look out for. Um, and obviously we had the disaster in February. Yeah, floods. That knocked people around quite a bit. Uh, and our first initiative was to actually promote, this is what you, you can expect. So we weren't trying to hide yeah. those sorts of things. It was, look, for the first six months, you're going to experience these things. Um, if they get worse, then you might need to actually seek some further help. And when you say website and community information, is that mm. your website or are you talking about a general website people can go to? So we've we've built this website. Um, it's it's quite bare at the moment, I'll be completely honest, because we only launched it just over a month ago. So okay. right now it's just got information on the project, but in the background we're putting together all the information for every element on the project. So like I said, it's all, all upstairs in, in my yeah. head. <laughs> it just yeah. has to come out on paper and okay. with cats graphic help as well so yeah. the website is a it wants we want the website to be a one-stop shop for all information community mental health um, all the way through to service providers if people need it um, yes we have a searchable database there at the moment for well-being providers in Townsville so you know yoga studios yeah. nutritionists gyms anything that contributes to positive health and well-being they're already on there now the next step for our services is to actually list formal service providers on there. And we didn't want to just have a community directory approach to that. Yeah. We want to feature them with their own profile and also assisted questionnaires for people who aren't sure what they're looking for. So it's, it's, it's very much non-invasive questions um, to whittle down the list in the back end. So then once they get to the final step, hopefully there's only a you count on one hand where they might need to go to get some help. Okay, so you had the website, community information, mm -hmm. and the next one was the events and promotions, the community events, yeah. is that what it was? Yeah, that's right. So any events and promotions possible. So um, we've figured out that I do like to talk a lot. So <laughs> um, I, I, I present wherever I can, because uh, part of our awareness campaigning is not just campaigning mental health and wellbeing, but the project itself, and to say that Townsville has a bit of responsibility to get involved with this promote their own health and well-being, look after their own health and well-being. So we put on events. Uh, we try and sponsor small events for community organisations as well, like meditation, outings, that sort of thing. Um, but we do have a really big event coming up this Saturday, actually, which I'm scrambling to finalise at the moment. Uh, it's the Mentally Healthy City Health and Wellness Expo. Wow, that's a public event. It is a free public event. Um, we're doing that in partnership with Townsville City Council. 
it's we're hoping this to be an inaugural event um, and basically it's nine till two in the Palmetum Gardens and it's it's going to showcase all things health and well-being whether it be mental health physical health nutritional health anything that contributes we'll have keynote speakers um, Saru Brearley who's the, the man behind the movie Lion and also Kevin Copanieri who is a, a local comedian well, to break up the content a little yeah, bit because yeah. it's going to be quite heavy. So no, that's that's good, and so that's that's really to is the outcome of that to not only educate and create awareness mm. for the public, but also to provide an opportunity for them to see what's out there, get uh, maybe change their yep. perception about what some of this stuff is. And yeah, well, it's not as you know with it, with any campaign around mental health and well-being, mate. There's you know stigma is a huge thing that we're trying to address. Um, and whilst Townsville does have a very good appetite for reducing stigma, it's still there. Mm. Um, so this ideas around this event is not only to showcase what services exist in Townsville, so a lot of organisations such as Beyond Blue, Headspace, you know, our hospitals, our private practices, they're all going to be there. There's going to be around 64 exhibitors. Um, but in the meantime, we're also providing that general information providing a location that normalizes conversations around mental health and of course providing some services for those who might need it if they are triggered by any of the content that we're discussing yeah. um, but the whole aim is really just to get the community involved to say look at all this great stuff you've got here's some tools some resources that you can use for yourself um, and also here's some great workshops you can jump into and learn some new things so mm -hmm. it's all about putting common sense things all together Okay, and then the next uh, element you have is mental health in the workplace. It's a very important this one. <laughs> it's targeting employers. That's right, and this yep. is the, this is one where I had to practice on myself too. Yeah. Mate. So, um, we have access to so many great resources for workplaces, and you know I've worked in a range of different workplaces, whether it be government to private to IT to hospitality. So, all of them need further support in mental health. Every organisation should have something in place to support their staff's health and well-being, just like workplace health and safety. Um, obviously, mental health is a bit different to a workplace health and safety act. Um, so there's, there's resources out there that we're using, such as Beyond Blue's Heads Up resources, whilst also pulling together a range of others. So our aim for mentally healthy workplaces is to collate everything that's available from an organisational sense but also provide some local businesses and providers here in Townsville who can help deliver that in your organisation. So, Okay, so finding someone to deliver some mm. sort of practical aspect of that. That's right, yeah. But then also putting on info nights or something like that mm -hmm. where they can come along and hear someone yeah. talk about what a mentally healthy workplace looks yeah. like. So we've got, we've got a partnership as well with WorkSafety Queensland. Mm -hmm. uh, they actually have a mentally healthy workplace toolkit and it's a free resource for businesses to use, but obviously reading something and actually getting help in delivering it are two different things. So we're partnering with them to deliver four workshops to small businesses, which are free, 50 spots per workshop. Our first one's actually uh, 7th of November. And that's basically going through the toolkit, giving some tips on how to deploy it, how to actually connect it with your staff. So not just putting the checkbox on top of your organizational structure, but how does it actually translate down to your staff? Yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing, I guess a lot of companies um, anywhere really can be 
sort of be seen just to say, oh, well, we've got to do this for the sake of, you know, adding this box in here and so people mm. can make sure we talk about this for a second. And yeah, But it's yeah. more than just doing that, isn't it? I mean, it's about yeah. it's about almost a cultural change about the conversation. Uh, and, and that's a really important point, Sam. Like the, the, the cultural change that we've got to support, it's generational, you know. Like there are some really um, revolutionary people from previous workforce generations mm. that did break the norm. And now the transition for cultural change is let's get our young professionals, our young managers and future leaders to already know this stuff and it'd be second nature to them by the time they do hit those senior positions. Then on the other side of that, you're trying to educate already existing senior leaders on how to deploy it and believe in it. And that's probably a really important point is believing in what you're doing. Are you finding that there's employers out there that are actually doing something quite well, mm-hmm. like they're actually actually really active. Mm-hmm. They've already got a system in place that's that's doing some amazing things here in Townsville. That's, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So there are businesses out there already doing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. definitely good stuff happening already. So yeah. Um, one of the agencies we were working with, like Aon Australia, um, Stephen Dowling was up here recently to deliver to the business community here in Townsville a presentation around the importance of mental health support networks in your workplace. And, you know, he talked about it in the language of return on investment, of course, uh, it is business. But he also was quite fascinated with our idea for the project of it being the bottom-up approach. So whilst there are great organisations here like Aon and Life-Giving Psychology and Coaching are now delivering some training sessions for workplace mental health, um, it was really about giving the staff the ability to get on board as well. So Stephen Dowling gave us a fantastic rap and I couldn't thank him enough for it. But Aon are definitely driving us as well. Yeah. And they, like our other supporters for the project, there are so many resources we can tap into. It's just about finding what works in yeah. specific locations. And how, how, like, if you look at the defence, which is such a big part up mm. here, um, changing the stigma or the culture around that, I mean, that's going to take some time. Yeah, look, I think one of the beauties of being up here in Townsville with such a large defence network is everybody here knows somebody who's either ex-serving, currently serving, or has a family member who's serving. Um, when we came onto the scene, there are also another couple of initiatives that have already made some fantastic ground, like the Oasis with John Kamagari. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something fantastic in the service centre to look after those communities. Um, the other project that was really high on our attention list was Operation Compass, led by Ray Martin. So that one is dealing with <clears throat> like community initiatives as well to get them involved in supporting ex-veteran, like ex-servicemen and current servicemen. Um, we don't want to get in their way, essentially. Yeah. So we're here to connect them in for the rest of the community model. Um, but when it comes to the defence area, they're doing fantastic things and we'll help them in any way we can. Um, but I think that connection from defence out to the general community members is where we can jump in. Yeah. Well, it's such an important aspect, isn't it, <coughs> the community up here and yeah. uh, and obviously more needs to be done, but uh, you know, certainly yeah. hopefully we're better, than, better off than where it was. Yeah. Um, mental health in schools, the next element. So we haven't touched too much on this one yet. Um, Workplaces was the first one. Now, 
Schools, we want a similar approach. So there are a lot of programs out there that schools can use to help their, not only their staff, but the kids that they teach and look after, all the way from early learning through to tertiary. Um, what we want to do is collate all those resources and existing initiatives that are here in Townsville as well, promote what they're doing, show the benefits of them, create a community network where schools can approach other schools to help deliver this similar model that they've had success with you know so creating that support network um, that's our next step on the agenda for the workplace transition into schools yeah and so there's already like you said existing tools and yeah. resources out there that you just need to tap into and mm. and try and see what makes sense to roll that out yeah and we've got to be very cautious of the time and burden on teachers like we all know that they work much harder than everybody thinks so we don't want to inundate them too much with just another thing for them to think about Um, we want them to actually take charge of their own ideas and just provide those resources for them to use and mental health in schools is talk we're talking about mental health of the teachers as well as the kids yeah everything everyone um it's interesting you know schools are educational facilities but they're still workplaces at the same time. So some yeah. of the things we put together for the mentally healthy workplaces will definitely translate over to schools. Okay. Um, but it's about connecting with the health and well-being of the teachers to students as well. And is there much, is it, how much is evidence-based stuff important for you to look at when you're looking at mm. what to introduce and what programs we want to align with and put out there? Is there a, an element of that? Yeah, so look, obviously you can't get anywhere these days without some evidence base. <laughs> Nobody will listen to you if you don't have figures to back it up. So yeah. we don't use anything that is untested, I think, is the best way to put it. So we yeah. want to make sure what we are doing is not only safe for people, uh, but it's also beneficial and it's not going to add and become a burden if it's not effective. For our own work, we are evaluating everything we do. So there is an evaluation project on the side. I'm not managing that one, of course. That would be a Mm. conflict. So they are basically assessing the mental health literacy of Townsville. And if we can make change from our educational resources moving forward, then that's a positive measure for us. Yes. Um, With evidence base, like I am finding it a bit interesting to really measure health and well-being because health and well-being is such a personal thing. So to actually get a set of data that's very specific to an individual, it's a bit of a journey. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's fair enough. And I reckon we can probably touch more on that, Mm. uh, you know, the measuring of it, I reckon, at the end. Sure. Um, But the next one you have, the sixth one, is Mentally Healthy City Pledges. Yes. Is that a pledge that that you've come up with or is this a pledge that people can sit there Mm. and take the pledge to be a... An ambassador, or what kind does that work? That's where you're touching straight away. Yeah, it's um, look. I, when I first came conceptualised this, it was going to be accreditations. So I wanted to have, say, a workplace accredited as a mentally healthy workplace, for example. Now, after doing a bit of research, getting some industry feedback from other organisations, accreditation is really difficult to maintain and very resource heavy. So we flipped it around and turned it to pledges. So. The idea for a pledge, it's open to anyone. So you can pledge as a workplace collective, you can pledge as a school collective, an individual, a community group. Mm-hmm. It's basically pledging to the idea of making Townsville mentally healthy. So you are pledging to the concept. You're not necessarily 
committing time to the project itself, you're pledging to the idea that you want Townsville to be a mentally healthy city. And um, what's involved in that pledge? So for an organisation, for example, um, to actually qualify to be able to use our branding to say that we are part of a mentally healthy city, there are a few things you need to meet. So obviously a workplace mental health program. We will provide you know, that range of what's available and different areas of support to deliver that. Uh, we'll also include a self-audit tool so they can actually do an assessment of their workplace, feedback from the staff, um, definitely include them in that kind of journey. And then in 12 months time, we'll check in with them to say, how did you find the last 12 months? Did you have difficulty deploying a program? Uh, was it was it so easy that you actually went forward and started doing your own? Please tell us all about it. So mm -hmm. for a workplace, they'll get the branding they can display on their front door. So for prospective staff members, if there's two businesses that share the same outcomes and you look at one supporting a mentally healthy workplace, we're trying to create a little bit of healthy competition there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um more purpose-driven organisations yeah. that are actively out there. That's right. So it won't just be uh, an empty promise. You yeah. can't just say, look, yeah, I, I pledge to that, but then not do anything about it. That completely defeats the purpose of pledging to doing something. Is there some sort of re, like going back to them and saying, oh, are you still doing this stuff? I mean, how, is there yeah. a follow-up, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, and that's the 12 months check-in. Okay. So um, that's also an opportunity for them to get more feedback on themselves as yeah. well so like if for a, like i use workplace as an example because that's already all built into that that package we're putting yeah. together now so that's um it's an opportunity for them to learn and grow get more support and also teach us a few things too so if we identify something that worked really well in their organization we'll add it to our knowledge base of hey look if you're a similar establishment this really worked for these guys so maybe consider giving that a, a crack yeah mm. And for individuals, is it like a sequence of is it a survey? Mm -hmm. Is it an online mm -hmm. progressive thing that they click through to understand yeah. what it is? And sign? Is that how it works? So it's, it's very simple. Um, they literally just fill in the details, click through on the website. So we don't have that live yet, but um, that's at the end of it, they'll get a nice certificate access to all our branding materials as well. So, you know, our logo, media guidelines, um, yeah. messaging, key messaging. So they're not just going out on their own trying to figure out how to talk about these things. We, we are giving them some resources from the word go. So, And after that, you can just display wherever you like, yeah. as long as it's within the guidelines, of course. We don't, don't yeah. want it branching out too much. No, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. So you've got the pledges. Um, yeah. Then the seventh step is the industry alliances. Yep. So do you want to briefly tell us about that? Well, I reckon um, an easy one to identify is, is with Australia, New Zealand Mental Health Association. That's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. That's a very easy one to point out. Um, and that's that's the example. So we're obviously not, we, we, don't, we don't have a huge budget, so we can't often um, lobby to fund things to come to Townsville. So when we yeah. do get the opportunity to sit in front of other industry bodies to say, hey, we'll be your voice on the ground here, especially if you're in state or even overseas, we'll help you out here to get a footing. Um, and you know the benefit for us is it brings a lot of awareness to Townsville, brings mm. a lot of attention to Townsville, and also boosts our tourism a little bit as well for people travelling yeah. from other cities. Um, so yeah, that, like a, that, okay. there's a conference right now. <laughs> that's yeah. a great example. Well, that's true. Uh, you've been very supportive of the conference and uh, throughout, mm. and helping us on with the committee. So it's been much appreciated. 
Um, mentally, the last one, mental health, mentally healthy city champions and advocates. This is probably my favourite one because this is this is about what the project is. Um, so our champions, we've identified a few people in the community already. We have approached one or two. Um, their role is to be comfortable talking in front of a camera or a microphone um, and definitely take responsibility to spread the mentally healthy city vision um, and help do that. Locally? Locally, that's okay. right. So they have to be well-known people in the community. Um, there is opportunities for the advocates as well, but the champions, they do need to actually have some presence and uh, be willing to get out there in front of people and actually take the chance. People in a sphere of influence. That's the ultimate goal, yeah. yeah. Um, so we do have a few radio personalities who have um, definitely mm -hmm. conditionally committed and obviously they are in our ears all day, every day. So yeah. what better place to start? Yeah. <laughs> um, the next step is advocates and that's absolutely anybody. That's the general population, anybody who wants to help out, help volunteer at our events, help spread our brochures, help talk about our message, um, connect us in with other people as well. So we operate massively through networking and connections. So, so the baseline really is then the pledging and then the next level above that, if they want to be more involved, they that, can either become an advocate. That's right. Or, or even the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we want to, obviously everybody has different capability and availability, right? So we don't want to shut people out just because they work full time. Yeah. So if look, yeah, if you work full time, but you still want to do this, you can still pledge to this and in your own time, spread the message or do it at work, do it at your social sport, collection on a weekend yeah hmm. and so wrapping up the eight elements then i guess if is this something that's been similar with you mentioned philadelphia and also mm -hmm. london yeah. um that, that they've rolled out something similar was it how much of it was similar to what they're doing how much of it is is sort of new so when we started designing the elements um at the chair of the foundation currently kathy day she actually visited philadelphia and spoke to a few of the bodies over there. Um, when she got back, she just just basically threw down all of her ideas on paper and it was pages and pages and pages. And we don't advertise this one too much because it's really hard to turn a seven page text document into something pretty. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's called Mentally Healthy City Essentials. And what that is, is a collation of all of the really effective things that have worked overseas and what we think work here. Um, you put them together and it's it's not a criteria per se, it's a bit, bit like a checklist. If, if your city is doing all of these things on the list, you're on the right track to becoming a mentally healthy city. Now, they don't have to be all done by one organisation, so there are things that we aren't doing a part of the essentials list. So not being a service provider, we can't do clinical intervention. So that's left to some of our local providers. But our assessment is we are doing everything on this list in some way, shape or form, which to me means in a few years time, we'll be on the right path. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, so we're now almost a year, I guess, since you okay. came on board. Um, May got the approval for the rollout of this, mm -hmm. of this platform. Is there, is there targets for, have they, have they got the accountability there to so say, Brendan, okay, this is really good. 
what are we going to see and by when? And That's right. Yeah. Is, look, is that currently what you're in the thick of? Like every good project, there are KPIs. Yeah. So we literally just sent off um, a mid phase one. So we are currently in phase one. Uh, mid phase one KPI review to all of our, our backers, essentially, just to give them an update on how we're traveling, um, achievements that we didn't expect to actually have, and how they've benefited linked into other. KPIs we need to consider in the future. So there, whilst I am out there presenting and talking and chewing people's ear off, it, I do have to go back and do all the, the desk job yeah, stuff. The so reporting. the reporting, the finances, all that sort of thing. Yeah, so wow. We're on track, which is I was actually really, really happy with because we are understaffed. Yeah. Um, we have been understaffed the whole time, but we are working with what we've got. And I think the independence that we have gives us massive amounts of flexibility to navigate the sector. So. Yeah. So you're on track with your plan, yep. the timeframes, yep. with what you're doing. Yep. Uh, is is there a point in which they say a year, two years from now, or 18 months, we want to we want to see that we've, mm. what, and what, I guess it comes to the point of what's the measurable, like what's yeah. the, what's the deliverable other than, other than obviously the, getting the website up and running, getting the yep. mentally healthy workplace, programs happening mm -hmm. is there other overarching outcomes so with each of our backers they do have their own set kpis but we obviously tasked ourselves with one as well so mental health literacy in the community is probably the most important for mentally healthy city because that's you know people know how they can maintain their mental health and we've already made a positive step forward but there are others such as you know um, a percentage of council businesses will have a mental health in their, work, in their workplace structure. There will be a percentage of schools in Townsville that have something around mental health and wellbeing for their students and their staff. Mm -hmm. So there are some key things we do have to deliver on. Um, like with any project, there are some influences that you don't expect and you have to have tolerances in place. Obviously the monsoonal event in February mm -hmm definitely increased our workload. Mm -hmm. um, that probably extended us by about two months. We worked out between Catherine and myself, we did an extra two months worth of work over wow. eight months. So we wrote to our, our backers and said, look, you know, this was an unexpected turn of events. Uh, we've had to commit time and resources to doing recovery efforts. So please, be in please bear in mind that the original KPI sets will have been impacted in terms of timelines. And they're very accommodating with that. You know, it's a natural disaster. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, and so you, you can't play that sort of stuff. No. Uh, but equally important, the recovery mm. part of that mm. is, is crucial, right? To make sure that yeah. that's out there and that it's readily accessible for people. Yeah, it was interesting when it happened. I mean, I myself was impacted in the flood, um, not as severely as others, but it was the the timing of it for the project it look without sounding crass it was an opportunity to really get in front of people very quickly um, so we seized on that opportunity uh, we took as many resources as we could from our major supporters i mean you know, beyond blue for example had a lot of information based on their involvement in the victorian bushfires and floods in lockyer valley and that sort of thing so we had all these assets on hand that we put together, slapped some branding on it, and started getting out in the community and distributing this, these tips. Mm. Um, you know, it's do's and don'ts following a natural disaster, essentially, in a nutshell. You know, it's like keep talking about it. Um, talk to your friends and peers. Don't shut yourself off. 
don't rely on alcohol or other drugs, you know. So mm. it was an opportune moment for the project to actually get some presence. And mm. since then, um, it has contributed to us being on some recovery task groups for the city. So there is still a lot of things happening in the background. So whilst, you know, the media attention has disappeared and houses are starting to be rebuilt and finished up, there's still we're still going to be in this journey for the next few years at least. Mm. Um, you know, there's going to be different cases presenting. PTSD, for example, is going to come out. It started has started in terms of recovery timeline. So we're here doing recovery, which we didn't expect to have to do, but it has helped with what we're doing. So how how do you do? You, do you also look at, or was it thrashed around initially about the measuring? with the number of people with mental ill health, mm. uh, wanting to see that subside or, mm. or, or, but then you could look at it the other way and say, well, hang on, because of what we're doing and mm. the awareness we're creating, they're actually now coming forward where they probably never used to. So, yeah. I mean, is that, is that being floated around as a measurable or like, like suicide rates as well? I mean, I yeah. still, they're still prevalent way too mm. high mm. here in Townsville. We are hoping to make an impact in reducing those rates. Yeah. Um, I know if one of the speakers this morning mentioned his belief was that we'll never completely eliminate suicide. Mm. And there's probably some really good thoughts behind that. Um, we can definitely reduce it. It's like anything else. It's, you know, there's, we're hoping our impact, especially in the suicide area, will be um, as beneficial as possible. But there are also other projects and initiatives here that are fo focusing specifically on reducing suicide rates which we think our best position is to help them do that. So not yeah. like like with the other projects I mentioned with Operation Compass is to back them and support them, not get in their way. Um, you know, too many too many cooks, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. essentially. So Yeah, plus if they're there and they've already got the resources yeah. and, and they've got the initiatives already running, then it mm. makes sense to just try and tap into that and facilitate that. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, give them an opportunity to connect with others as well to better, better their cause, you know, um, as not being a service provider and, you know, not being a mental health professional myself, I think objectivity is a big factor in our strength. So, I mean, when it comes to a project, I looked at look at something, if it, if it works, it, it works, if it doesn't, it doesn't. And then you look at how that actually relates. So I think we can definitely help those other organisations here. Um, we can help lobby different policy bodies, different legislative bodies. And that's our next step probably moving forward is to actually push further up the chain. A bit more advocacy. A bit more advocacy. So Townsville itself has a great network, great support network, definitely committed people. Um, but obviously being isolated from the southeast corner, that, that creates its own headaches. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've heard all the yeah. campaigns around at the moment, like Food Brisbane. Mm, yeah. I don't know if I believe in that, I'm partial to that, but I definitely think we have more of an opportunity to be in advocacy up here as well. So, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's definitely a good point. With with regards to the rollout, so the rollout's happening. You're mm -hmm. in, you're in the thick of it at the moment. Yep. You're doing. You got a lot of stuff going on. Yep. Uh, you got a lot of priorities that you're that you're getting off the ground. Um, has the council uh, and the local government been very supportive? It's uh, really interesting you touch on that, Sam, because this expo we're doing this weekend, I raised this idea with council um, to have a mentally healthy city expo, and 
that's about as much effort as I had to put into it. They took the idea and they ran with it and they got behind it 110%. Oh, that's really good. Um, you know, the mayor has consistently backed us publicly. She talks about everything that we're doing and the importance of the community getting behind what we're doing. So as far as local government advocacy goes, mm. oh, like I, couldn't be, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Mm. And as we, uh, as we sort of approach the, the end of it all, mm. uh, the, of the podcast, that is, what does the future hold for you? I mean, what, what's, what are you hoping for in the next few years to start with? Like, um, so probably priority number one is to get funded for our next phase. Yeah. So we're only funded until July next year. Um, and that was, look, all credit to the people who and organisations who have come on board. So we're currently funded by uh, Beyond Blue, as I mentioned, the City Council, Townsville Hospital, um, Bendigo Bank, North Queensland Primary Health Network as well. So, mm. And we've also got, you know, other participants who help us out in the background. So um, PVW did a lot of work for us um, and Keir Steele Walden Lawyers as well. So there's a lot of pro bono work that happens for us. But... They backed a concept and look, seeing the whole idea of a mentally healthy city, yeah, it's an ambitious point. Um, didn't have a full delivery plan at that point as either, so credit to them. You jumped behind an idea and a concept and you gave us the opportunity, but we need to keep going. So that's my next big step is actually, now that I've got a delivery plan, we've got some yeah. actual tangible evidence behind it, um, I can put together a pitch back and start going around with my hands held out saying please <laughs> so when, when, is, when is, is that starting like next year does that start in like february it'll March? start into this year so okay. once i'm able to actually document all of our programs into a nice information pack which is the next step for us um, i'll start going around and advocating as much as possible and lobbying where i can so the step one you got the framework in place uh you're also out there trying to implement get the branding right, mm, getting the mm. websites up and going, the events happening. Mm. So you're doing a little bit of this stuff at the moment as well. Yeah. Second phase is really to be able to roll this out um, yeah. so that it's it's robust. That's it's, right. So we're doing this on a smaller scale at the moment because obviously of our resources. Mm -hmm. But the next phase is really about pushing through and getting all these things happening. So yeah. whilst we've designed them, we've created them, we've started testing them here and there, really laying them out and starting a transition into them being self-sustaining. So the whole idea of the Mental Health City project was not to be permanent. Mm. It was about empowering the community, um, supporting them, giving them what they, they need to actually improve mental health and wellbeing, mm. and then handing it over to them to take ownership of it. So if we can set up a business network, for example, of mentally healthy workplaces, there's a community of practice where they can support each other and we leave that legacy behind for them to run with, then I'll, I'll sleep at night. So. so is the idea eventually to be able to set this up and mm. then sit back? Absolutely. Is, okay. So the foundation will still be around. Um, yeah. And the idea with Mentally Healthy City as a concept in itself is to be able to support other regional cities to do the same thing. Okay. So the foundation will take all the lessons learned from the Townsville project mm -hmm. and help roll out in the surrounding regions next and then hopefully interstate in the future so does phase two involve regional rollout or is phase two just getting this sorted getting this right the foundations right here in townsville mm -hmm. 
and then like phase three or four is a rollout? What, how does that? So like we have had interest already from other cities around Australia who have caught on to what we're doing. Um, and like I said before, we had to really be careful in not giving too much of the information straight away because it's untested. Mm. And we didn't want it to burn out before we even got the opportunity to do it yeah. ourselves. So leading into the next phase, we will start um, I guess communicating it a bit more and talking to other places where it could work. Again, we want to really focus on the surrounding region ourselves here first. But yeah. look, yeah, I think moving into the next phase, there'll be opportunity for those discussions to start becoming a bit more credible, a bit more formal. So. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, man, that's exciting. Uh, per- personally, I mean, you're happy to be back here in Townsville, obviously. You're I love it up here. Yeah. <laughs> you're enjoying it. Your, your partner's happy. Yeah, look, I think... Um, yeah, I know I never climatised to the cold down in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, she can actually tell you that herself. That there'd be mornings where I'd wake up and my first words were something you know, <laughs> expletive <laughs> because it was cold. <laughs> I thought my day started this yeah. way. So, look, being up here, it's it's a it's a different culture. People are a lot more laid back, very yeah. supportive. Um, and obviously, my family's here. Hers is still down south. We do try and get there as much as we can, obviously, but. Yeah, lifestyle, you can't beat it up in North Queensland, mate. Well, they've definitely put on a show for us while I've been up here and it's been yeah. amazing and the community's been really good. And Excellent. So we're very, uh, yeah, lucky to be up here. Uh, final question for you. What's yeah. your go-to karaoke song? Go-to karaoke song? Oh, God. Look, I, I don't mind a bit of John Farnham. The oh, voice yeah. is an easy one voice? to belt out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just got to scream it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good at any time. Yeah. Well. Oh, I'll ask the audience what they think. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks very much, uh, Brendan, for coming on, on the show. And thanks very much for talking to us and shedding a bit more insight on exactly what is happening with mental Mentally Healthy City, thanks, your man. journey. Yeah. Uh, and it's great to see the project well underway mm. and looking forward to hearing more about it as you approach mm. phase two and all the best in, in the success and hopefully... Uh, getting that up and running. Mate, thanks for being interested in hearing what I have to say. Like I told you, I can talk for hours on end underwater <laughs> with a bit of concrete in my lap, but who knows? So, I okay. guess this awesome had an opportunity to talk about the project. So, 100%. And, and if people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? So, well, like our website is live, it's mhctsv.com.au. Um, there is a contact, there's a newsletter sign up. We haven't started rolling out newsletters yet, but the registration's there. So okay. once we actually have our packs documented, we'll be starting to send out monthly achievements, all that sort of thing. So. Brendan Marty, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Is there someone working in mental health who you'd like to be featured on the podcast? Are there more questions you want the answers to? Let us know what you want to hear. Get in touch with us by emailing any podcast suggestions to membership at anzmh.asn.au and be sure to stay up to date on our socials at ANZMHA on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to sharing our next conversation.